Voices of the Elephant is proudly sponsored by SiteGround.com, a leader in website hosting and a terrific partner for all your website projects. Their top-notch technologies will make your websites fast and secure. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. I'm your host, Wasim Karate, and today my special guest is Michael Bodnarchuk. Welcome, Michael. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Very nice. Nice to hear you. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. I think the last time we, we met actually was uh, back in 2015 uh, in PHP Bulgaria. Uh, I remember uh, the first time I saw you, it was in the bus, the PHP bus, and we had a great journey. Uh, like the, the, the thing that... bus factor because all prominent PHP developers were in this bus and there was a road in the mountains, very high mountains. So anytime yeah. all the popular PHP libraries and probably the core could lost their maintainers. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> 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 The one thing that uh, I remember with you is that you are a very lively person. Uh, there is always a smile in you. And I've observed you. It's, it's like you had an X factor. You are full with creativity and uh, your passion for what you do with open source. Uh, I remember you started the conception at those similar intervals. Uh, 11, so it's it will be 10 okay. year anniversary in this. So you've come a very, very long way till now. I'm very excited about your journey. We have a lot to talk. Please uh, introduce yourself to people that might not know you. Where do you live? What do you do as a profession and the exciting projects you're currently working on? So I live in Kyiv in Ukraine and I am a web developer. But as you said, I do things for passion and probably it's some, it gets contradicted with the idea that uh, other people do programming or working in IT for money. Because probably if I worked for money, <laughs> I, I would be a more successful person. But I do work for open source and for, for, for things I like to, to create. And this is how Conception was born. Because uh, one day I was thinking, how can I, can I prove quality of the project I had? With my colleagues, we worked hard, but as the project was very flaky with lots of bugs. And my uh, tries to introduce some testing into it failed because, uh, yeah, everyone understood that testing was needed, but not so many people could understand uh, what our tests do. So I was walking through forest and thinking, hmm, how can I write tests in a better way? So this, uh, this is where I thought about the syntaxes. Like I click, I see, I feel field. And uh, this was my initial idea to bring this uh, to PHP developers to show them that testing is not as hard as they think about it. But maybe it's uh, also because I didn't understand testing at that point at all. So I didn't understand this words like code coverage, or 
I don't know, some data providers, whatever <laughs> things you uh, see in PHP Unity when you open it, its documentation, get scared of it and you close it. So I didn't know about these things yet. So that's why I started my own testing framework. And um, if you add one feature, you then you need to add another and another data providers, you know, now you understand what they are. Now you need to bring them into frameworks as well. So this is how it started, and I'm pretty happy how it is going. Probably conception is quite successful from what I see. That it went from something very pet project, I would say, to an open source project that gets adopted into enterprises, because we already have lots of things for scaling, for code reusage, and for team management. So that's why I love working on open source and in conception especially. To date, uh, do you have any indication if uh, how much uh, enterprise are getting involved with your uh, conception? And is there a lot of buy-ins already? How is it going? So, unfortunately, when you talk with like developers, you can get some understanding of what they are using, how they are using. But regular developers and enterprises are very different. So, enterprises are hiding this information. So, everything what I know is uh, like some random people from companies mentioning it briefly. But my most interesting source of information is when I do trainings or consultings for a company, I get on board with them. And um, maybe that's my bias that big only big companies or mostly big companies using conception because I've been into big companies. And uh, from what I saw that this is quite a case when it's scaled between teams and because the same API is used for everywhere it's very easy to introduce new people in, into it. So I'm not sure if I can name like very big, but uh, because they are changing, I, I would name Spryker, PDF Filler, Magento or Adobe. I don't know what the situation right now with uh, Magento Adobe is uh, uh, happening now, but they adopted Conception as their testing framework as well. Now it's time for you to be a game changer with the Ring Central Developers Game Changer program. Grow your skills, help others in the community, and get rewarded with awesome prizes like Ring Central swag, conference tickets, software, iPads, computers, and so much more. Don't just be a developer, be a game changer and join the program today. For more information, visit developers.ringcentral.com. One thing that uh, resonates for me is you all started with just an idea while you were in nature and you did not hesitate to jump onto that idea to make it concrete, even though you did not have much experience or know-how like you mentioned. But the big thing from you is that you just jump and you jumped convincingly and you've been very consistent for all these years, man. And I think that shows your character what you're made of. We will get back to conception more, but I just want to take a step back. I want to understand, was there an IT influence to your childhood? How did you get into programming? For playing games, making games, you see, it's, it's quite easy to talk about the childhood because I have my own son. He's eight years old and I can see all these uh, steps that a person takes when, uh, when it discovers computer games and Absolutely, the step is building a levels for the computer game. So my son doesn't play game a lot. He builds level more. 
So when I'm showing him what that he can even program this level, he's more interested in programming. So it's like a natural evolution for creators. So at some point, playing games is just not enough for you. You need to adjust it a bit, to change, to reskin, refilter, everything. So I think if I have the same tools that he has now, I would go to game development because you don't need to reinvent physics or these platformers. Uh, 3D graphics, anything, because I remember from my school, I have a big book on 3D graphics, OpenGL, DirectX, everything like this. And if you open it, it will be a mass. All this geometry, all this matrix calculation, and it blows your mind. And nowadays, you don't need to be a like scientist to program computer games. Everything is already created. So maybe I became web developer because I opened the browser and I thought, hey, you can reskin this site with CSS. You don't need to learn math to do it. So there is no hard programming, no algorithm. It's so easy. I can do it. I even tried to create my own online game browser. Game, it was popular in 2000. Uh, and um, that's why I ended in web development. Interesting. On my own uh personal experience, it's pretty much the same. I started with PHP just because I was so passionate about playing a text-based RPG game that I, I wanted to know, but how can I make one like this? So then I started just like you into programming out of gaming passion. You have created at least two prominent open source projects, Codeception and Codesept.js. By the way, there is third very popular and the most interesting part is that I don't maintain it at all. It's a robo a task runner in PHP. It's quite popular in Drupal community. And it's it's very nice library because you have one class and each method of this class became a console command. So it's like uh, you have one class and uh, all the CLI application with no extra stuff installed, no nothing very easy to start and very, very easy to write deploy scripts build scripts everything like this so i built it to make a deploy script for conception and then it was taken by drupal community it's used in wordpress community it have uh, 15 million downloads at this moment but i think it should be more because lots of people just install it like get or curl without using composer at all because it's so easy to ins install one just to mention wow how did you get into creating open source projects? What drives your motivation? Like you've mentioned, a lot of people prefer to spend their energy and uh, time on uh, creating software, but also mostly to generate revenue. But for you, it's like an enormous passion to be and to contribute in open source. How did you get into creating all that many open source projects? I think uh, there is some case about... Uh where I live, because probably if I would live in US, in country where everyone, as I see it from, from Ukraine, is uh, thinking about generating revenue, maybe I would uh, also focus on generating revenue. But you see, I'm, I live in a country where I cannot even connect my Stripe account to my website because Stripe is not available here. And I tried also to work on startups, but uh, you see, just getting payment is... Uh, a wall that I was always hitting. So there was just no way for a simple developer to get money 
and did great SaaS product. That's why I focused on open source and uh, thought that this is like should be a long-term investment. So this worked for some point, but it's it wasn't like reliable like a SaaS product. So it was working like to popularize me. To it was working, uh, so I could work as a consultant and. Uh, I was also sponsored for some period on working on conception. So, but I also tried to build startups and basically that's what I also do right now. Um, but uh, open source is, uh, for me, it's just the same business as uh, for everyone, but uh, maybe I'm pretty bad in selling my own business, my own products, but I'm trying to do my best to, to expand visibility and trying to build something on top of it because, you see, I don't uh, see another way of succeeding in open source without building a business. The main hindrance for you was that there was no proper means to create a proper business and to have a proper financial account, which prevented you to grow your project into something sellable and marketable. But I appreciate that you've turned that energy, that focus into a long-term thinking. Like, I have the passion, I have the know-how, I want to do this. Even if I can't create that company yet, I want to keep moving forward. That's what I retain from you. And it's amazing. As it stands, Right now, in 2021, regarding that uh, business side of things, has there been any update? Is it more easy now or is it the same situation like to create a business? I think it's absolutely the same. The only uh, what has changed that I found a partner in European Union who takes all the financial stuff in, instead of me. But I think that all Ukrainian companies work on the same manner. So if you look at all the companies, they have headquarters in San Francisco, in US, UK, wherever. So until all the legal stuff will be unified across our countries, it won't be possible for regular people to start their own businesses. I will not dig more into this because I will have you for a second session on a different podcast, which I'm planning. So we will have all the leisure to talk about this spot. Is it safe to say that right now you are a full-time open source developer? Uh, I, I was. I was. Now okay. I'm full-time building my own business. So if, if not to talk about business if we skip all the stuff altogether let's get back to the days where i was full-time open source developer and as i said some period i was sponsored and other period i was getting paid for trainings and consultings and uh, but uh, you see trainings it's like uh, two days four days five days and you need to do some you need to, to spend your time on something other than that. And that's why all others, the rest of my time I spent on building some open source stuff. And one of the things that where open source is much better than building your own business, because when you build business, you uh, build stuff which are hidden from everyone. So you can share like, hey, you see, like I built very nice, cool code. Check, check, look at it. 
it doesn't work. But when you build the open source product, you get really fast feedback. This dopamine stuff that you you can easily get uh, likes, comments, stars from the people that you want to share this and this. And uh, this really drives innovation because you can today I can commit tomorrow I I can share this uh, to people make it visible and um, understand this it's really hard to make me stop if I'm building some stuff in which I see will have some impact on my users also what drives innovations bugs <laughs> when people do report bugs and they are critical you can't you need to stop doing whatever you was doing and quickly <laughs> fix it because wow, it 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 will affect everyone. <laughs> how how did they ever work before? Indeed. How was the response? Like you mentioned, you you are building in public. How has the response been so far? And uh, was there any negative feedback as well? How did you deal with all this? I think I learned a lot of how to deal with stuff, and I need to. To say that at the very first beginning, I was was very rude to people who criticized my project, and um, then I then I learned that well, this is a part of the process. So I, I got pretty bad relationships with with some people from PHP community because of my initial attitude. But um, anyways. That's probably that you need to learn that even even there is a competing product, you need to to think how you can communicate without uh, harassing each other, how you can promote yourself without uh, blaming a com- competitor, and so on. So this this was like a very hard but soft skills that I had to learn. And um, to be honest, there is no books about this, how to promote your open source product on Twitter and not to be, uh, and not to be blamed by <laughs> multiple people <laughs> and not to be banned from PHP community on that. So just be nice, take the critics. If, if a person criticizes you, uh, try to this person into your contributor. If you hate someone's attitude, so for instance, let's say there is opinion leader who says that this product is well, is good, but this product is bad, or I don't know about your product, or it, because I very love this one. Is this a very common situation where an opinion leader just don't give a shit about your product because he's a friend of another maintainer. So what to do in this situation? Uh, like try not to mention your product if you're talking with this opinion leader at all. Try to become friends with him without mentioning that you you have some plans about it, that you build a competitor. So this is very tricky skills. And I don't know, problem also because I'm quite isolated as a, um, uh, in the community. I started to travel on conferences only in 2015. Before that, I knew all the PHP community just from Twitter. So this was also put some barrier between me and other people in the community. So when there, there is uh, some random guy tweeting come some bullshit in Twitter, this is one. But if, when you meet, meet this person on conferences, this is another deal. So for other maintainers, I would also suggest to go to conference to promote your product, uh, see face to face to the people you admire, to the opinion leaders you might even hate. But still, you st- you can uh, promote yourself at first. 
and then your product is second. Definitely, the connection you create uh, during a conference, the face-to-face -face interaction is so much valuable and so much meaningful. One question that I wanted to ask you, I know right now it's not your situation, but for all that many years, how did you survive creating software freely without getting paid? That's a good question. Maybe because I live in a very cheap country and I have my own apartment, I don't need to rent it. So that's reducing the cost dramatically. Maybe because I just receive just enough money, but still I want to have... Uh, so what I really aimed for to have enough money to drop out of programming and to take my passion to writing books, making music and so on. But I didn't get enough money yet. As an open source developer with all that many years, what would be the challenges that you faced? I think some of, the, uh, if you mean by technical challenges, uh, It's mostly about uh, updates, uh, handling different dependencies. For non-technical, it's building a core team. It's, I would say, it's the most hard. At some point in conception, we had eight people in our core team because conception supports Symfony, Laravel, uh, Yee, Falcon, or all the popular PHP frameworks. And as a person, as a single person, I couldn't see how it works on all the setups. So we had to expand the core team and we faced that there is some stability point into it. The size of core team has reduced to, uh, I would say right now it's four person, but still I think the build, engaging more people into building the core is the main thing because here yeah, you can fix one dependency break, you can fix another, but uh, uh, without a person who works uh, daily on this exact part of your application, it will be really hard to, to keep it improving. For instance, for Concept.js, I also built a core team. Uh, we had a lot of people, we had discussion. Now it reduced back to one person. And it, it's really hard to always to, to manage people to come to improve the product, especially it's open source. I can't propose them anything except PHP Storm licenses. By the way, the way sends jet brains for this. <laughs> this is my only chance to motivate people <laughs> to work on <laughs> conception or concept JS. <laughs> But so building a core team is the, the most important part, I would say. Do you believe uh, right now, as compared to the past, is it still A, a good thing to get started into open source or is there a barrier now or is people not interested in open source as compared to before? What is your feeling on all this? That's a really good question because I, I see like different models of building open source and what, what does it uh, solve. So I would suggest to go and find the widest market possible. Let's say it's uh, JavaScript and Node.js because uh, much more people there. Because in, if you start something in PHP, you will uh, hit the barrier very soon. So you will either get into one of the communities like Symfony, Laravel, Magento, WordPress, and you will stuck into this pretty big but still very limited community and you won't reach more. You can try to build a product like Conception that will match the needs of all the communities, which is really, really hard because 
well, you, you will be an alien in any of those communities, you see, <laughs> they won't take you. And um, uh, you can try to go to some wider market like uh, Node.js to find some ecosystem in, in it like React or Vue or Express and build something around it. So I would suggest not to go to my path in this situation, not to be alienated by different communities, but pick the community you like and build things on, on top of it. For instance, I very like uh, Ember.js community. Ember.js is my favorite front-end framework, but I won't build anything for Ember.js because it's it has very tiny community and very small impact. So if I would work for some company and I would be paid for my open source, I would probably build some tooling, some plugins around it. Uh, but um, sp I wouldn't spend my own time for that. So just think of it uh, on the uh, business. How can it be expanded? Not not as a business, but as a broad product. Will it fit for a large community? Will you get millions of installations? Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not, not the next year, but if it's possible to cover lots of cases for different people and companies and uh, choose where you should start and promote your work. You've tell us how you got started with conception. It originates from an idea that you had. More deeply, what are you trying? What problem are you trying to solve with conception? I really hope that it is mostly solved now. Like uh, PHP and testing was like complete separate words. And the connection between words, PHP and testing was, well, I think I need them, but... And uh, all the companies, both the people I saw, that they didn't connect them in uh, these words in any other way. So my initial goal was to simplify testing, especially in this in the early days, there was no absolute ability to write unit tests. So even people who promoted, hey, you should have written more unit tests, they didn't know how to test the real application their users had because there was mixing logic, uh, all this MVC stuff mixed all together, no ability on the frameworks level to introduce testing, WordPress plugins, so whatever. So I started with the idea that you don't even need unit tests to get started. Because to write unit tests, you need to understand how the code works. You need to understand how to isolate this code. And um, for lots of code pieces in the days, it was absolutely impossible to isolate uh, code to make it testable. Since then, we already adopted lots of good practices, DI containers, uh, solid principles, I would say, it all started with Symfony communities and it was taken by Laravel. So the testing PHP, the testing culture in PHP has improved a lot since that time. But still the initial problem was also solved and it's still valid for uh, CMSs like Drupal, maybe WordPress, that you need to write your test without looking in your code because your, the code you are testing may be full of shit, but you still need to write those tests. And conception unified this idea that the code can be tested either without, as a unit test or uh, without looking into the code as a web test uh, using browser or emulated browser. We call it PHP browser in uh, conception. If you need in your test to connect into database, it's okay. Go and connect to it. Check the data in database it's, if it's a part of your business logic. 
Unlike other tools that limited you into some kind of testing, like BHAT limits you to BDD, PHP unit limits you to unit testing, Conception just broke all the limits and said, test whatever you need, just make your application stable. And this is uh, still the main problem we are solving right now to provide all wide set of tools that you had to add very tiny things on top to make it work for you. When you created Conception, was it a, a new idea at the time or did you drive inspiration from someone or from other projects? I think uh, there was a Behat project and it was created a year before Conception. I, I'm not sure, did I take the, the initial idea or... Did I invent it by myself? But still, because of our similarities, we were compared uh, for quite a long time. There must be some user-based steps that they should be written in a human-driven manner. Uh, so there was pretty much similarities there, but uh, we were absolutely different in ideology. So, for instance, conception was focused on developers, that developers should have better experience on writing those tests, while Behat was focused on managers, on QAs, on communication between developers, managers, and QAs, on uh, building the BDD process into a team. I was trying to persuade Constantine from Behat to change his ideology a bit, like maybe we don't need this Gherkin syntax, maybe we could just write the steps in PHP, it would uh, save a lot of time. For instance, uh, for our team where we had all the engineers, we didn't need this English describing words and all this uh, stuff that was added on top of testing framework uh, with Behat. So I tried to persuade him to change it a bit. He calls it. We are focused on the idea that it should be a true BDD. Then I started to work on conception in a different manner. BDD is still was pretty hyped topic in, in PHP community back in those days, thanks to Constantine. And it's still very popular in all tech communities. And today I also see that people very like to start their testing processes with uh, writing a feature file in is given when then and describing all these features. But there are lots of limitations in this approach. Uh, like it's very hard to automate all those steps and in concept, uh, so the, the key, key difference here is that in, in Behat, one step is part of the business requirement. In conception, one step is part of in implementation of a step. So in Behat, you would, would focus on your user level, and in uh, conception, you would focus on how we should test this part. And because of this, conception is far more flexible into describing tests adding more and more tests will be much easier. So uh, another limitation in BDD is that if we describe everything like features, usage scenarios, it's really hard to describe bugs in this because it's it's not the scenario of usage of application. It's not a feature. And uh, most of tests that I am writing is regression tests uh, for bugs. So even on the ideology of these two broad products, we see that uh, they are absolutely different there may be some kind of similar in implementation. At one point, I adopted this ability to use BDD patterns in conception because conception already adopted everything from all communities. 
but still I provide this as an option on top of testing framework. So yeah, you can have a feature with given when then described scenarios. You can have them for, for happy past scenarios for your application, but still you need uh, bugs uh, to be tested as well. So you write them in conception manner, manner because it will be faster. These major players right now, like Symfony, Laravel, and other core framework, it is becoming very challenging uh, to have a successful project. Let's see, why would a developer with all that many choices at their disposal, why should someone use Godzeptin? Conception is a framework that will uh, work similarly, no matter what you have chosen. So it will work for Symfony, it will work for Laravel, it will work for Yi. For instance, Matthias Nobeck uh, shared with me a story that they migrated lots of Conception tests from Zen Framework 1 to Symfony without changing the code of tests. So this is the best part of Conception. You don't need to learn different testing frameworks. You need to learn one, understand how it works, and it will be automatically connected to your application. What are your plans and roadmap now for Codeception? So we plan to release Codeception 5 this autumn. We plan to build it on top of PHP Unit 10. So we're actually waiting for PHP Unit 10 to be released because it was already postponed a few times. Also, we will support all PHP 8 and PHP 8.1 features like attributes. Uh, but the most important change will be we will change the structure of the code because we were not following PSR for autoloading. Well, we actually did this for some purpose because the, your tests are not your code. It shouldn't do uh, uh, in the same way. But still, uh, lots of people complain that this is like went out of their internal standards. So we are trying to make the test structure more modern to make all the people from non-conception to, to understand the structure of the code easier. But there is an interesting point in conception development, which I didn't mention, that we tried not to break compatibility in our releases. So sure, we, we had some like problems when we updated something and for someone other it stopped working. But most of our problems were um, because of integration with PHP unit and its update patterns. Maybe we didn't fully test it, all this integration. But the idea of conception was to keep compatibility through all the versions that you could use the same conception without upgrading. For instance, we still support PHP unit from version 6 to 9. So if you can't install PHP unit 9, that, that there will be nothing changed to you, your tests will work. So we uh, uh, unify the interfaces for testing, uh, for the unit tests, we unify the unif uh, interfaces for functional tests. Uh, so the key problem here is that you still don't want to spend a lot of time on your tests and up upgrading your testing framework and updating your tests is not the thing you very like to do. That's why it's better to make the test just work and uh, don't waste your time on upgrading. And this is the thing about Conception 5, that in Conception 5, even we introduce new structure, it will be introduced only as a default, and, and it will be configurable default. So for all the people who have using the pre previous structure, they won't need to update anything there. Please tell us a bit about Codecept.js and how can it be useful to PHP developers? 
So CONCEPT.js is my approach on bringing the experience I got from conception to Node.js world. And I would say it was a blind guess that actually worked. And it worked because when I started, uh, there was no good tools in Node.js uh, ecosystem for testing websites. So before 2016, I would say everyone was uh, testing websites only through Selenium WebDriver. So it's WebDriver, it's Chrome Driver, a Gecko Driver, whatever you call it, but still they all work on WebDriver protocol and uh, they have their problems. So the Selenium held uh, to monopoly on how we test. In PHP, we have this PHP WebDriver library, which is pretty good and uh, it just works, but we don't have alternatives. And at some point in Node.js ecosystem, because it's very coupled to a browser, there started to emerge in new products like Test Cafe, Nightmare, Cypress, Playwright, Puppeteer. So the last two products was actually built by the teams who built the browser. So this, uh, I would say, was a revolution to how we test our web application because right now we don't need some external tooling to communicate with the browser. Uh, we could use the browser on its own. And the browser vendors provided us with the fastest protocol. It's uh, CDP, Chrome DevTools protocol, and it was ported to other browsers for WebKit and into for Firefox by the Playwright team. So it, it is much faster, it is much more effective, and it provides much more capabilities. For instance, we can mock network requests with it. We can slow down network. We can emulate a mobile devices. Basically, whatever you can do in DevTools, you can do now in your test. And this is very, very powerful. I would say that if you have conception tests that use WebDriver and do um, browser tests, you should uh, try to switch to ConceptJS because the syntax is still quite the same, uh, but the framework uh, has evolved much more into that direction, into direction of uh, acceptance testing. So we have page object patterns, data object patterns. We have tons of plugins to improve the testing experience. If we take seriously the end-to-end -end testing, and the problem with end-to-end -end testing is that it's usually not done by the same engineers who write the code. Because the backend code, you're focused only on business logic, while all this interface testing can be directed to the separate team of QA automation engineers who can test all the scenarios without looking at your code at all. So you can like, still develop your unit test in conception, uh, but give, give your end-to-end -end tests to uh, your QA automation command and uh, be fully tested. You are highly involved in the PHP ecosystem in Ukraine. I would like to know what's the status of the PHP landscape in Ukraine and are there any conferences that you would be talking uh, soon? Yeah, uh, we, we had this month, we had PHP Framework Day, a few days conference. Uh, by the way, uh, I said Framework Days uh, because initially it was PHP Framework Days conference and we talked about different frameworks in PHP. And then these uh, folks expanded this to all other languages, other tools, and they removed the word framework from their title. Now it's FV Days because not every ecosystem have frameworks, but this all uh, business conference business started with PHP and different PHP frameworks. So, by the way, I'm wearing their t-shirt. I don't know if it will be visible. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't nice. for our listeners, cool. but still, uh, I have hoodie from them, and um, th- that's very nice because it's it's so cold today. And, uh, that's why I love conferences. <laughs> that I don't need to buy stuff for winter. Uh, but back to the topic, uh, we had very wonderful conference. Even it was online conference. We got to, we streamed from one apartment, and we had live discussions. And there was very professional. I would say this was one of the most interesting conferences because. Uh, of the topics. So even if uh, you think that you may think that PHP is dying and there is nothing happening new in PHP, uh, well, sometimes I'm having this impression, but we had uh, lots of discussion about using Swoo in production or uh, using Laravel Vapor to scale uh, or using Inertia.js and other things. So lots of new things are coming and we, we need to discuss in, for instance asynchronous php i think we, we have lots of different experiences in even in these very exotic new technologies and it would be much better if we could get together into one bar to talk about all this stuff so this is what the php community in ukraine was used to be before the covid that very experienced engineers some of them created very Cool products, for instance, we, one of my friends uh, was maintaining the Falcon framework. There was lots of quite interesting technologies, and they was working on a scale of big companies. And um, it was quite nice that we could share all this stuff between us and not just listening to some European or American speakers, because I would say that the quality of our content was uh, sometimes even higher but it was really hard to persuade people to make their talk in English. I think the only person I persuaded to go to international conference from Ukraine was Dima from Yi team, Dmitry Naumenko. He went to PHP France tour, PHP tour conference. Oh, okay. He was the only one from our community who connected to, to the European conferences. Probably I'm the only speaker who who traveled along uh, a lot of conferences and spoken there. We tried to get uh, international speakers here before the COVID. In COVID, it it, it became easier to get international speakers, (laughs) just schedule a time. (laughs) The last conference before COVID, we had a full, one full English track, and we even had one visitor that came from UK for that track. So we, we had one international visitor. Because most of our talks are still in Ukrainian or Russian, depending on, on the people, but still we managed to build one track. And as I said, the, the, the problem is that sometimes our content is much higher in some topics than the uh, content of international speakers. Because you also, you know, when we invite speakers, we look into the YouTube. This person gave this talk about three or four times. It is like outdated because it was given for years and years. And here we have new absolutely content like yesterday. We tried to scale into multiple MySQL databases with all this stuff. So, so people are telling something they, they, uh, they see on their daily job and it hurts them. They have this energy to tell uh, how, how it was to, to make these changes. So such talks are not, uh, they, they can't be reproduced or repeated from years to years, but they give you a lot of more information. So 
people prefer to see as the uh, all it is uh, international stars or the person that shares this living experience of their PHP projects and how it works. Thanks for sharing this insight. It's nice to know how other communities are, are doing it. Uh, since you mentioned frameworks there, just quickly, do you have any framework of choice? Uh, the problem with me is that I don't have PHP framework of my choice. So basically, I started my framework journey with Symfony first. And if Symfony first, it's uh, was built in the quite the same manner as Laravel nowadays. But when I needed the, when I really loved Symfony one and how it worked, it it had its own very big problems. That's why Fabian at some point stopped developing it and switched to Symfony two, which was absolutely a new paradigm shift. So I didn't find anything better that switched to Rails because Ruby on Rails was quite popular at the time. It was uh, using the same concepts and it was evolving much more in that direction. So you see, there was like three years or I think three years, I would say, that between this symphony one was abandoned and the Laravel became popular. So actually the paradigm was right. So there was nothing wrong completely wrong in Symfony 1. So one of the reasons why it was abandoned because it didn't use namespaces. It was built in PHP 5.2. So the, it, there was uh, big problems with autoloading. But you see interesting facts that in Rails, there, there are no namespaces. All classes live in the same namespace, in global namespace. And there's absolutely no problem with that. So if you take a big project, I, I would say name the biggest one, it's GitLab. You can go to GitHub repository, look at its build in Rails. You will see MVC pattern like it's built on Laravel or Yi on or whatever other PHP framework is using this pattern. And you will see that they have no problem in building large scale framework without, without namespaces or others or DI container or whatever. So all these principles of PHP that we, we think that are essential for building good product. No, that's not the case. And actually, I like what direction took Laravel. If I would step, if if it be, uh, if it came up earlier a bit, so I couldn't switch to Rails, I would go to Laravel because they actually took the best of two worlds of PHP and from Rails. So still nowadays, when I'm working with um, Rails or Laravel, I see that uh, Laravel is uh, like a few years behind of Rails. Even the Rails community is not as cool anymore as it used to be. They do not produce libraries every day like Laravel community to do it right? as of now. But uh, most of their libraries are quite stable and for all common problems, they are already well-maintained solutions. So the case here is that I don't need to learn Ruby. To undo, I don't need to read Rails code. I can just write some business logic on top of it, pretending that I understand how the Ruby works, but I don't really, <laughs> I don't really do. So I know PHP, but um, I just try, I tried to pass one test as a Ruby engineer. I think I would be a junior <laughs> in the in in their okay. terminology. Um, but again, it's absolutely not the case for building a web application. If a goal is to build from scratch, web application, connect different sources to make it work. I would say Ruby on Rails is the best solution, but if you don't need to learn Ruby, uh, by the way, we had 
one engineer I hired for our company. He he have PHP background, and he switched to Ruby very fast. So just you need to learn some syntaxes, syntax difference, but. Where model, where controllers, how do they behave? You already know that stuff. You don't need to think a lot of it. So that's really cool about it. And um, as for working as a PHP, I, I don't know. I, I still uh, have some uh, bad feelings when I understand, hey, this, this was already implemented in Rails. Why do I need to waste my time on it? And that, that happens with any PHP product I worked <laughs> with. Now, I kind of understand why you have a preference for Ruby on Rails and uh, versus things like Laravel, etc. So we are now at section two of our segment, enough of programming. I want now to dig inside your creative side. When you are not using your brain power, what are you doing? What are your hobbies? What activities are you doing? I figured out that if I don't go once a week or, or once a two week to hiking, uh, some kayaking, or just go to outdoors to some nature, to wilderness, I am getting very upset. It's very easy to be depressed if you don't switch your uh, life completely. And this is the best opportunity if you, when you just travel somewhere with friends without computers, in, uh, you, you're making camps near the river. Uh, with a uh, fire, uh, just uh, walking uh, here and there. So I used to take a long trips for a week or so, or maybe two weeks, uh, some long hiking trips in the mountain. But uh, you see, I-, I figured out that two days is just enough to have a total refreshment. Not just total, but just switch everything and have new energy to, to start with. So... This is very important, at least for my mental health. For all that many years that I have known you, when I see your face, it's synonymous to Prince of Persia. I see you mentioned that you are Prince of Persia during the day and developer at night. So I always wanted to ask you, what does that imply? Are you really a Prince of Persia during the day? Because that sounds so cool, right? I, I think got this nickname after my first conference in the Istanbul, and we had a party on the board. And we was talking, drinking, and so on. And at some point, I was drunk enough to get from the first, uh, from the lower part of this board to the upper part on the external side of this board. I climbed up on this board and took the cocktail from, I think, from Jordi and said near, near him and said, hey, how are you doing? And they looked, where, where, how did you get here? From what? From the city. <laughs> so, <laughs> they thought that I am pre Prince of Persia and I am climbing. I can climb on everything. Well, I actually wow. do love climbing on everything I see. So that's, I have some passion about it. So that's true. You also, by chance, like to play or watch Prince of Persia? No, 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 no. Not at all. Okay. I have, <laughs> I do this on my own. <laughs> okay. All right. One more thing I want to intrude into your Twitter name. It's is at David. What's the story behind at David? Where does the word come from? I invented it as a as a nickname for computer games for Heroes Three. And actually, I had to explain this story to to my son <laughs> a few months ago. So I showed him to him. So he now plays Heroes Three. So I showed you see here is a hero. His name is Kivbert. 
I took earth out of him and I did the letters I loved the most. This was the story, nothing very special. A few months ago, I learned that this uh, means a very old tree, in, uh, very old wood in German language, which is also kind of nice, especially with my passion to go to wilderness, to wood. Woods, why not? Very good name. All right, we are now at section three, the final section, which is the rapid fire round. I will ask you a series of questions. You can either answer quickly or if you want to elaborate at some point, feel free to do it. The first one, PHP from scratch or PHP using a framework? Uh, PHP using a framework. Ruby so, uh, on I, can, I can try to elaborate because uh, this is a good question, but uh, you see, from my experience of uh, learning Ruby on Rails, you just see motivation to, and you see the result. And the same with, with PHP, if you go with a framework, and I would suggest Laravel because this is a framework that gives you a result very fast, you should start with a framework. Ruby on Rails or PHP? Interesting question because you already put some hints that you comparing framework to language, yeah. So for me, it's still Ruby on Rails. And yeah, that's an interesting question because PHP is not... Uh, put into one framework, while uh, there is nothing except Rails in Ruby community. So this this was a cures and blessing uh, Rails for Ruby. And maybe it's a good point that in PHP, there is nothing like Rails to monopolize the language at all. PHP or JavaScript? Uh, very good question. And I have a series of tweets answering it that I, I, I think that JavaScript is better language today. So to start, I would suggest to learn JavaScript for job opportunities, for uh, new cool products, uh, because it's it works in every browser. You already have it installed. Uh, so as of today, I would say JavaScript for one exception, that when you build a backend logic and you need to work uh, to have it actually working well, uh, work uh, having it in asynchronous language will be a terrible idea. So, because you can forget to put one await or to handle one promise, and the chain of uh, commands will be absolutely lost and not reliable. That's why PHP is still a thing if you work on backend, because it's more reliable and it's easy to debug it and to understand. Because in JavaScript, even if you use debugger, but uh, some promise was lost and you get into this stack which you don't understand where it was executed which previous promise caused this to be executed, you are absolutely lost and there are no really good tooling to, to handle this. The PHP ID of your choice? PHP ID, it's, it's PHP Storm. I can't work without PHP Storm. Tea or coffee? Tea. I, I drink a lot of tea. What are you not very good at? I'm not very good pitching, uh, selling, uh, marketing, making some visuals. I'm, you see, I understand that I shouldn't be very good in everything, and probably I could be better in having people that are doing this stuff better than me, but still, I'm also very bad to, to finding the right people to help me with like self-promotion, I would say. or You see, I don't like the word self-promotion because I don't want to promote myself. I want to promote my products, whatever I do. Is it conception or some something smaller, like like cool Photoshop image I, I, I created? Uh, so I would really like to have these skills improved of promotion of my products. But the more I, I work on this, I understand that it's really hard to take out the person 
from the product. So you need to promote yourself at first and then your product at second. That, that was my, and my approach was absolutely different. So nowadays I think that I did everything wrong all that time. One person you admire in the PHP community? All people from PHP, from core team. Uh, they're changing, but uh, the things they do. So Nikita Popov, for instance, and uh, Sarah Goldman. And um, I, I shouldn't like end this shortlist, but all of the people who, who create PHP and all of the people who create frameworks and work in this niche, I really uh, take some inspiration from Laravel community, from uh, from how they support each other, how they build stuff around Laravel. So probably I, I would I would really like to be part of them, but I don't use Laravel. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if, if this is um, a good excuse. Symphony community in this case is quite interesting because they are more structured, they are more bureaucratic in the in this sense comparing to what in Laravel. Uh, but I still admire all the people that build stuff in PHP and drive it innovation in, in it. Interesting distinction between Symfony and Laravel. It's true that uh, uh, yeah, by Symfony the way, is more nowadays, bureaucratic. I, I, also, I also look into the Spiral uh, framework and the, the guy uh, who created Roadrunner and Spiral framework and what they do. And Anton Tisto, I think. His name, um, he's the lead developer there. And uh, most innovations in PHP may come from, from their team, the Spiral Framework. So uh, I really like to see people adding new things in, in PHP. Maybe one day I will look into getting back as a web developer to PHP when I found it's more cooler than Rails. <laughs> one PHP project that you really appreciate? I, I have very good experience in visit, talking with Typo3 community. I've been in their office and I really liked how they made open source a sustainable business, how they also take uh, fun from their jobs and still they have office, they, uh, they, they are company, but it's uh, like company baked by the users of Typo3. So even we don't hear of Typo3 a lot, but they were very well doing financially. They have big vendors using them. And they also live uh, with open source in mind. And th that's really cool. Pretty much similar story from Joomla. Uh, absolutely different story of WordPress because it's baked, you know, by one company. But still, I really admire this project that could become from open source, created sustainable business. Next question. One beautiful moment in your PHP journey with uh, the community or with the language itself? So the first thing that came to my mind is that there is a framework, GoAlop framework from by Alexander Lysachenko that he showed how you can use some very dirty magic in PHP to, to create, to uh, replace methods of classes, to uh, change the, the implementation of final classes. So just to unleash the barriers in, in the... Um, in the PHP code. And I was so inspired by, by this technology that I wrote a mocking framework. It's still used, in, it's still popular, where you can do all this stuff in the purpose of testing. So Alexander is still doing lots of black magic in PHP, and it's really cool and it's, it's really inspiring. And um, I would still say we, we need more such magicians like him in the community to, to make PHP 
interesting and beautiful. The last question. If you were not into tech, what would you be doing? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would be creating something. I'm still still thinking of career of novel writer, but you see it's it's really hard to make something out of it. So my initial plan is to get lots of money in tech and then go to something that I wanted to work on. And um, probably uh, I would choose something very similar to this. But you see, there is interesting uh, about my person that um, my uh, grandparents also worked in tech. They were creating first computers in USSR. And um, yesterday I was looking through uh, the grandfather's library and there was lots of programming books published in 1959, 1960s. Wow. So if I won't be in tech, maybe I would be in tech. So the only reason why um, why I wouldn't be in tech if it was if it was left on the same level and they had to uh, be a very clever mathematician to get into programming because if you open any book on programming at the point it, it's very very complicated mathematics uh, so it's uh, formulas you need to understand why what and how to use of this so <laughs> if I was born on that age I wouldn't be in tech probably <laughs> Nice. Well, thank you very much, Michael. It's, thank you for your time uh, and for the chat. I'm sure everyone has found at least one takeaway from our conversation today. Uh, audience, like I've said, uh, I would surely be having a second uh, chat with uh, Michael on his business side of things regarding open source and how he climbed the ladder and what you can learn from him in the aspect of business. So I look forward to have you for the next one, Michael. Thank you for inviting because it was very, very nice, pleasant conversation. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is, of course, spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.